middle of July. Uh, God bless whoever that was. Um, as the latest edition of the Chair Shop Podcast rolls on, I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry. And the birthday boy, happy birthday, Tony. God bless you this day. Twenty twenty one again, what? What? I wasn't even fucking twenty one when this thing started. <laughs> Add that up. Anyway, happy birthday, me. Thanks, cheers, cheers, cheers. Same, uh, same birthday as one uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh, also Bill Cosby. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you're you're somewhere in the middle there on that problematic scale. You're not you're not you're not quite Cosby. <laughs> hang on, hang on, I'm not finished. And of course, Mr. Sami Zayn, who was born. Uh, oh, exactly wow! Exactly the same day as me. So big, uh, big wrestling birthday day, and also Bill Cosby, um, and 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 a happy, uh, a, a glorious twelfth to our Protestant listeners as well. Um, uh, be safe out there. Um, <laughs> we've got, we've always, got... That always confused me on calendars because I'd see something written on the 12th of July and be like, it's not my birthday! <laughs> oh, the Battle of the Thing, yeah. yeah. That reminds me, I have to add to the run sheet, I did rewatch Jerry Girls this week. Um, I'll add that on there because they just added it back to Netflix. So there you go. Uh, we've got Speaking of the run sheet, lads, we've got a busy little run sheet here. We've got loads going on. We've got Society Reopening. Um, still no cinemas and that, uh, but you know, we make do, we're watching old movies, we're firing up the Netflix device, we're playing our video games. Um, who has had a life this week? I've had a life. What what have you lads been doing with your life? Hmm. Well, it's been, been a busy one, but actually it's been that busy today. It is my birthday today. Uh, started off with a bang, actually, last night, when I finally, after 29 years uh, completed Super Mario World um, with all 96 exits. Oh! Um, that was about quarter to one last night. Uh, My God. It was quite the quite the moment as I went back to the loading screen and saw the little star uh, next to the 96. But I'll, go, I'll go into more depth on that in Game Guff, but that was a great, great, great start to the birthday. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was good from there. I had a lovely um, breakfast this morning. Sean and I then popped around my mum's with a cake. Uh, looked through some photo albums of me as a baby and various, you know, family type things. Then we just had a lovely uh, a meat liquor, which is, uh, I've probably talked about them before, but very, you know, up one of your upscale gourmet burger type places. Got one of those as a right, delivery. Yeah. Um, had a lovely double bacon cheeseburger with some uh, deep fried pickles with a blue cheese oh. dip. That oh. is, I know what you're thinking, Barry's going... Blue cheese, cheese should um, be no, Honestly, I, <laughs> no, I was ewing at the pickle. I have friends who love a deep fried pickle. I am too much of a baby to try it. I, I think many years ago, I probably would have turned my nose up. And I used to obviously pick the pickle out of a, any kind of McDonald's burger. Um, but as you know, as you get older, Barry, once you get north of 30, mm. the old palate starts to, to evolve. Evolve, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, oh, these deep fried pickles, they are absolutely fabulous. With a bit of blue cheese on them. 
Um, saying that, I then started on a big kilo of pick and mix sweets that I ordered off of Instagram. So the old palate has not changed that much. Mm. I'll be work, working my way through that over the next week or so until I feel sick. Um, yeah, so it's been a good birthday, and then rounding it off by having a good chat with you, you two lads. I think it's the first, must be the first time I've ever done a CSP on, on my birthday, I'd imagine. But uh, yeah, here we are. It's good stuff. What about you, Paul? Um, it's been a quiet two weeks. Um, I was sick one of the days. We got a Wow Burger delivered to us. Oh, which is a local gourmet burger dealy for all intents and purposes. Um, and then, yeah, then I was sick the next day, but I was the only one who was sick from eating it. So I don't know if that was the cause or mm. what the story was exactly. But I woke up six in the morning having a puke, which I haven't done in a while. And not one of those ones where. You get it out of you, then you're feeling better. It was one of the bad ones. Um, then so I was off work. That was the first of July, so that was two weeks ago almost now. Uh, what else? Um, I obviously haven't learned from the uh, from the sickness because I was a maverick with my food today. I got oh, no. a I got a diet coke can in super value reduced to 49 cent because the best buy date on it is uh, tomorrow it has been tempered with by a leper I s- <laughs> they had the coronavirus patients just coming in and licking <laughs> them. but 49 cents you can't argue with and i had with that some chicken uh the best before date was yesterday but i you know it's cooked already it's not raw a chicken pong, said, oh right. my god so if on next week's podcast I'm talking about how I was sick in the morning again, um, there's no one to blame but myself. Chicken of all things. Yeah, but it wasn't raw chicken. It was cooked already. <laughs> yeah, famously nothing goes wrong if you don't if you don't handle chicken properly after it's cooked. That's fine. <laughs> um, I was walking in the park today as well, just to get out of the house because I made the uh, rookie mistake of staying up for the UFC last night. Oh, God. Uh, Twas big old heap of shite. You'll be surprised to hear. I can't so remember the last time you came on the show and didn't say that. I know. The last time I was like, oh, I stayed up for UFC. It was good last night. No. No. Um, not good. And so I went for a walk in the park because, you know, when you stay up that like I think I went to sleep at about 7 in the morning. Till eleven, till eleven. So I got about four hours sleep. You have that kind of hazy head, you know. You have a, you have a, a gray cloud in your head. You don't have a clear mind. So I said, okay, I'll get out of the house and go for a walk in the fresh air, and that will freshen me up. Uh, there was some kind of, and I don't know what the timing of this is, but there was some kind of like market going on in the park. Uh, you know, where there's like all the stalls are set up selling food and stuff like a little not farmer's market quite, but you know, that kind of thing. Fucking hundreds of people there. Not a single yeah. mask on anyone. Except me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'd be surprised if there's not a few more people sick in the morning. Um, 
Apart from that, not a lot going on. We still have uh, Brule the dog with us. Um, he's as as you guys heard, he came in just before we started the podcast, causing chaos as he has been doing uh, the whole time. Um, I've started um, not quite collecting because obviously I'm saving for a house. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the sudden hobby of collecting things, but I got another uh, Zelda book which takes my Zelda book collection up to five Zelda books. And I'm doing a thing now where I have a little look on eBay of an evening at Zelda books and say, oh, I'd like to buy that. But then I, I can't. So once we get our house, I'm going to get a little book collection going. Um, I got a really, really nice um, hardback Breath of the Wild uh, guide which has loads of information about all the stuff in the game, loads of nice artwork and stuff. Mm. Uh, and it, it looks great. Very, very nice. Um, but apart from that, not a lot. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, I, as I mentioned on the last show I was on, or I guess it was the last show we did, um, I ventured up to Dublin uh, last week. Uh, which was lovely. I didn't go, you know, on a, on a pub crawl or anything. I was not in those great masses of people, you know, down by Temple Bar or on Dame Street or any of that. Uh, but I went up. I went to Token, um, who I haven't been to even before lockdown. I haven't been there in in, in quite a while. Um, uh, it's still tasty, still great. I had their their version of a Big Mac, um, which is a it's a pretty. It's a pretty great gimmick. It it actually does taste quite a lot like a Big Mac, but with a proper uh, a, a proper beefy boy there instead of the flimsy little McDonald's um, uh, uh, things. I, I say that I had McDonald's for dinner today. Um, <laughs> but, Don't bite the hand that feeds you, Barry. That's it. Yeah, and oh, I do a lot of feeding. Um, but uh, yeah, the token Big Mac is lovely. They they got they nailed the sauce. I think that's part of what makes it. Uh, so it's like you're having a, a, a big back, but a little bit more bougie. And uh, I had the bacon jam fries as well, which were just delish. Uh, we, a bit of a weird setup in there now. So have you been to Token, Paul? No, I've never been. No, you've never been. Okay. So during the in the before times, in the olden days, you'd go in and kind of the, the seating would be all over the place and then there'd be rows of uh, machines and so you get up from your table and you walk a foot and you're playing Donkey Kong and then you're playing The Simpsons and it's all very mixed in amongst uh, everything, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, in the in the COVID era, you go into what is typically the bar slash restaurant slash arcade area and it's just tables. It's socially distant tables. Uh, you are given a mask if you don't have one you don't have to wear it at the table, but when you're getting up, going to the bathroom, trying to get a server's attention, any of that, you got to be wearing your mask. So they got rid of all the machines, and so now it is just a restaurant and bar. And if you – now, they still have the machines, so what you do is – but you can't be getting up and down, um, messing around while you're waiting for your food and all that. It's basically you – have your designated two hours to eat and order a few pints and whatever. And then you can go next door where again, because of so they have a, another kind of warehousey kind of space. It's not massive. And again, because of social distancing, they still only have like six machines in there. So whereas 
uh, in the prior setup, they had like six or seven fighting games, and they had the Simpsons arcade game, and X Men, and and Donkey Kong, and like and Time Crisis, and basically everything you'd kind of want in a arcade. They basically just have like Street Fighter, Tetris, Mortal Kombat Two, Tekken Tag, and Star Wars, and they're spaced out. So the actual novelty of it as an arcade is kind of gone because we only we messed around with a few games and we're like, okay, well this is it's not really it's not really what it once was, understandably so. But um, delish food as always. Um, Token is a great place. I think I said that on here when I um when I first went there. The, the appeal of going back would very much be because the food is great, not because it's a a barcade um and also i had for the very first time out of a proper glass i'm not going to count the one i had out of plastic cup in college uh, i had a delicious pint of guinness um with my dinner um and i have to say it was quite nice um i would have one again it would not it would not be my go-to beverage at least not for another 40 years you know um (laughs) uh, i would definitely have one again it was very very nice and uh yeah so t- taking risks in this post lockdown uh um era and they are paying off so far so that was good i had a lovely what time you chance though a beamish barry i wouldn't be opposed to it like i said though because like, i don't think i'm going to become a stout guy so i don't know that i'm necessarily then going to try loads of other ones you know what i mean i think it's right. just kind of a thing of once in a blue moon if i'm not if i'm not going on a mad sesh if i'm having a, a a pint after after dinner or after work a little a little guinness wouldn't go astray um but uh well, you know i might try a beamish we'll see i rule nothing out you know this is a new me um, all right very good um so anyway the other bit of life guff i had there this week uh or in the in the in the the two weeks since we last did this was uh i'm i'm moving moving gaff i'm i'm pick, picking up sticks and i'm hitting the roads uh me and the missus have secured an apartment uh it's actually just out it's extremely close i will be able to walk from from one to the other when I'm moving it. It's it's literally two streets apart. But I got a nice uh, penthouse river view. Oh, hello. A little, a little. With, a, with more, most importantly, more important than anything else, um, obviously being, you know, a couple. We'll be sharing the one room. So the second room, it's that's Barry's sh- office. Um, so a room with a woman. That's it, yeah. But who cares about that? The main thing is I get to have an office. Because um, I'm I'm effing sick of, of of working in the living room and then and there therefore not having a living room basically, um, right? So so that's very exciting. So that's done and dusted. Uh, moving in the end of this month. Uh, yeah, so that's gonna be very fun. I can't wait to get in and and uh, and uh, start decorating and do all the usual shit you do when you move in. Yeah, oh, oh, good that's stuff. Nice. Very exciting stuff. So yeah, yeah that's life. One other bit of life news. I just want to celebrate the. Uh, this, I had a bit of a semi-viral tweet a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. I think it's the first time I've ever had a tweet that got more than about twenty engagements. It wasn't like Barry Lad level viral. It wasn't like you know, fifteen thousand retweets or anything. But uh, you know, five hundred retweets, three thousand likes. That's pretty not good. Bad, not bad. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. Ooh. So, um, but I tell you what, I don't know how people who go properly viral cope because my phone was just going boom 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 yeah. people replying to me i don't i'm not reading any of this lads i'm sorry I, i'm not really interested in what you've got to say about my semi-humorous um tweet about 
social distancing in, in Soho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, it's weird. People love um, immediately uh, arguing with you or trying to, uh, yeah, make some kind of point. Not interested. But yeah, it was, it was no. fun. I look forward to uh, going viral again one day. I'm waiting for one of my Man United tweets to go viral. Um, yeah. Hasn't, yeah. Hasn't quite happened yet. But it, well, keep plugging away. You know, remember Barry's strategy. For every nine shit tweets, you get one that... <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I, well, I never got The Rock to acknowledge my tweets either. That, 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 that failed. God, yeah. That was like a decade ago at this stage. Yeah. I watched all these shite films and everything. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> uh, we didn't have too much nice to say about him. That's the problem. No, that's true. Yeah, kiss his arse. His lovely multi arse. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, is that life? That's life. That's, that's what I'll say. Um, let's just, just move into to telly go here. Let's get this going it's nice and swift. Um, I did mention it there uh, earlier. I, I rewatched uh, all of Dairy Girls season two because Netflix just added it. Um, mm. It's lovely, just great. I really love that show. It is definitely going to be a, a a revisit frequently. Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 great. It's kind of a new the new Irish uh, uh, gold standard. Uh, love it. Um, in terms of new stuff. I watched uh, actually a fairly new show came out this year. I watched Betty on HBO. Yeah, Michelle said she wanted to watch this. She saw you tweet. I think Michelle would love it. Um, uh, I think it's a very her show. It's very much kind of. I think it's kind of a hangout show. It's a it's a vibe show if I could if I could call it that. Um, as opposed to something where there's a lot of you know immediate drama and stakes. It's about a sort of. a, a very kind of a, a diverse group of young skater girls in New York City. A uh, proper love letter to NYC style thing. Uh, and it's kind of just about their um, uh, teenage misadventures. Again, not not a whole lot of um, um, urgency in any of the plots. So I, 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 I hesitate to say misadventure. But it's, uh, yeah, it's just like a, it's a very cool looking show with a great soundtrack. And some really, really, really great central performances for, for as kind of... Um, uh, chilled out a show as it is. The performances are really, really great. So six episodes, uh, twenty-five minutes a pop, um, and it's a, a very breezy watch with some really lovely moments, uh, and it's funny. Uh, so I enjoy that. I think you would both enjoy it. I think Michelle would enjoy it a lot. Um, so I would recommend that on the twenty twenty pile. And then the other thing I watched is something someone else has on here on the list. I watched. I'm not finished it yet, but I watched a few episodes of The Floor Is Lava on Netflix. The floor is lava oh i love when some of the people don't get it that's great yeah that is fun i love when they land chin first on one of the objects as well which and that's because and it's a sign of a good show there's always a replay there's always a replay of when someone nuts themselves or or fucking bangs their head yeah god it's Uh, a fun show it's very fun it's very fun if anyone hasn't seen this paul i think you would like it um okay it is, it's kind of as the name says, it's almost like, it's like, 
I think I think Netflix just you know they came up with it or, or or whatever. But it is like they they snatched it from ITV Saturday Night at the last possible second. <laughs> um, it is a um, uh, a game show, uh, sort of athletics based game show where teams of three people have to navigate an obstacle course. The gimmick being that it, they're stylized after like household rooms or uh, public spaces, like a planetarium. And uh, the floor is lava, and if they and if they fall in at any point into the the liquid that fills the room, uh, they're out. And so basically, there's three teams every episode. You get a point for every person you get across the finish line, and that's that's the gimmick. And it's it's very Saturday night. It's very Saturday night. They have a cheesy voiceover guy uh, who makes bad jokes. Um, they have uh, like the theme itself. Like the 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 levels are actually quite well designed and and kind of uh, uh, um, clever. Uh, but they are, it also kind of just looks a bit kind of goofy. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really, it's a very easy watch. I really enjoy it. What do you make of it, Joe? Yeah, I thought it was very fun. I, I laughed a lot at it. Um, I was initially banned from watching it by my wife, Michelle. Uh, who thought it was stupid. And I protested. I said, well, Barry reckons I should watch it. <laughs> and she said, and I quote, Barry's dumb. Oh, that's, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, fair, that. but like, take that, uh, owned um, again. So what I did, I waited until she, she fell asleep and I got a couple of episodes in. Uh, so it's good. It's good. It's very silly. It reminds me of like a Nickelodeon type show. Yeah. Uh, in sort of early nineties. Yeah. Very funny. I reckon the three of us should probably go on it and have a, give it a go. How well do you think that would go? Um, It's definitely one of those things that I think people like me um look at and go, I can do that. What? Six foot jump. That's what? That's one of me. I can do that. Um, oh, what are they slipping for? Just just don't. Just don't slip. What are you doing? You know? Um, and also, like, when there's... So, as well as kind of jumping and, and uh, landing and climbing, there's, there's kind of a kind of basic puzzle elements to it mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that when you watching the show have the concept explained to you like oh well i would figure that out in two yeah, seconds yeah. pull the lever what are you talking about you idiot come on oh um i would fucking love to see the three not even not, not to do it i would love to see the three of us do it. i would love to be yeah. someone else watching the three yeah. of us trying to do that absolutely I, embarrassing uh, that would be hilariously awful and it's so it's really slippery. All the stuff in there because they cover it with the lava. And I don't know how you kind of not fall off of it. Like it's amazing. But yeah, as you say, great, great show. A lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that is my telly. Uh, I watched the Flores Lava. I also watched <clears throat> a sitcom called Chewing Gum, uh, which is written written and starring uh, Michaela Cole, who has become. Quite notorious recently because you've got a new, a new show out called uh, May Destroy You, which has been quite the uh, critical mm. hit. Um, I hadn't watched this before because it was on Channel 4, and so I assumed it was shit. Um, but I, I gave it a go off the back of all the critical acclaim for the other show. And uh, it's a fun sitcom. It's, it's, she plays the lead. She's, there's no particular kind of high concept situation. It's just sort of her and her family. She's a woman in East London in kind of council flat, works in a shop, and it's very funny, very silly, quite surreal. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's only only two seasons, so it's on is on Netflix, chewing gum. Uh, if you want to check that out. Hmm. Um, and last night Michelle and I watched the Live Aid documentary. Uh, it was on BBC. 
uh, as a two-part documentary all about Live Aid as it's, um, I believe it's the 35th anniversary tomorrow of that charity concert that was organised mm. by Bob Geldof uh, to raise money for uh, famine in Ethiopia. Um, interesting documentary because it's not just a kind of nostalgic look back. It does go a little bit into the fact that um, all of the people that were in it benefited from the publicity massively, uh, including Bob Geldof himself, who was basically kind of a washed up, semi-successful rock star at the time until he pivoted into being this kind of charity, uh, you know, political campaigning Svengali. Um, yeah, but it's really, really interesting. And it's an amazing and kind of unique event as well, like these biggest pop and rock stars in the world um, doing this huge concert broadcast to billions of people. Like even now, I don't think you'd find anything that kind of uh, on that kind of scale that kind of unites no. everyone. Uh, even you know the Olympics and World Cup and things like that. So yeah, really interesting documentary. So check that out. It's probably on iPlayer. If anyone wants to have a look. Okie dokie. Uh, Paul. Um, I I've just been doing that thing where I'm watching TV from the mid two thousands. Oh um, yes, yeah. I was watching uh, a couple of episodes of Scrubs, listening to the podcast as well. One thing I didn't realize when they had him on, he was very good on the podcast. Uh, Ken Jenkins, who played Dr. Kelso. Oh, yeah. yeah. The chief of medicine. He must be in his late 70s or something at this stage. But he's, uh, as it turns out, a big Willie Nelson uh, weed head, which I, which is, I don't know why, but which surprised me. That's pretty funny. It's because his character absolutely yeah. wouldn't be. <laughs> but he came off really well. He was very, very funny on the podcast. Um, continuing to watch The Soup. I'm in July of 2010 with that. Um, what else? Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, as usual. I don't think there's much else I've watched apart from those. Hmm. No. Alrighty. That's it. Uh, we'll jump in to, uh, do we want to do our Simpson gimmick now or will we save it? Uh, yeah, we can, we can do that now. I've got that. Hell yeah. Um, so this is the feature where we, uh, we look at the equivalent episode of the Simpsons, uh, to our own episode number. So we are episode 479 this week. Um, and the 479th episode of the Simpsons was called the Scorpion's Tale. Okay. Um, it aired on Fox on March the 6th, 2011. So uh, here's the plot. During a trip to Satan's Anvil, the students and faculty of Springfield Elementary stumble into bizarre people and situations. Otto runs over realistic versions of Coyote and Roadrunner. Martin meets an eccentric and grumpy hermit artist that the government tried to hire for years but never succeeded. Bart, Nelson and Milhouse find old French postcards and Lisa is almost attacked by scorpions that quickly become passive after, Le- after Lisa passes through a field of silver tongue flowers in Springfield's desert, prompting her to take the scorpions and some flowers for further experiments. I'm not sure if it's just the person that's written this description, but that's the most difficult thing to read that yeah. we've gotten through. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the episode or the person that's writing this but that was completely nonsensical that was nonsensical bizarre um anyway 
When they return home, the Simpsons family is forced to let Grandpa live at their house after he was kicked out of the old folks' home for being too grumpy. No idea what that has to do with all the... Yeah, a complete non-secular. Completely. Everything you've just said. Um, Lisa confirms that the flower she found is a powerful chemical agent that nullifies all the negative feelings of any living being. Homer then sneaks sneaks some into his father's coffee, curing his usual crankiness. Grandpa decides to do this daily, acknowledging that a drug that stimulates happiness is the best thing that ever happened in his bitter life. (laughs) Unfortunately, despite the positive effects, Lisa refuses to give more of this drug or to tell tell them the composition. While they complain, a drug industry employee from Hortenhofer Pharmaceuticals, named Walter Hortenhofer, formerly known as Augustus Gloop, manages to duplicate the liquid's effects using a sample of Grandpa's perspiration. He produces must-be-nice pills, but since the product has not been properly tested, only Grandpa is allowed to use them. Unfortunately, Bart decides to sell some of the pills to everyone who has a problem with grumpy old people, making all of the elderly people in Springfield become happy and carefree. Lisa eventually realises that Grandpa is still using the drug, but also admits that the pills are rather helpful to him. However, the side effects quickly arise. It makes everyone's eyes so lubricated that they pop out of their sockets. Oh dear. Uh, the elderly people do not mind this rather gruesome aspect of the drug, but after seeing Homer's thoughtless antics with his friends in his car, Grandpa convinces the old people to stop using the pills, saying the baby boomer generation still needs their guidance, and this is only possible with the constant nagging. In the every, in the end, everything goes back to normal, except for Hultenhofer, who still has nightmares regarding what happened at Willy Wonka's factory. But what was Homer doing in his car? Did it, it, I miss doesn't, that? it doesn't elaborate on that. Grandpa decides, due to Homer's thing that we never talked about, which is the crux of the yeah. resolution of the story. Also, is Satan's anvil supposed to be a pun on something? Because I can't work that out. I, I don't know. I think it's like a what is it? like some kind of nature thing. Like a oh wait, no, it's the name of the desert. Yeah, but usually in The Simpsons, it would be some pun name or reference, something to clever something. and funny. Yeah, where they're going into a building, will have the name will be a, a reference to something. So Satan's anvil sure. is just two unrelated words to me. I love how relatable that is as a plot, by the way. <laughs> and in these episodes, why is it always like Bart starts selling the drugs for money? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's happened now more than once in the four times we've done this segment. There's always a Bart yeah. does something that Bart would never do. Uh, and there's no, res- there's no kind of mention of that uh, yeah. later on either. And does his grandpa his grandpa just let back into the nursing home then? Like what's Yeah, everything goes back to normal. Everything resets. Um yeah, and the, does, eyes, yeah. the eyes popping out of the sockets. That's sounds really kind of lazy and shit. It's... That sounds like something that wouldn't be easily reset. If your eyes come out, you might be blinded by that. Yeah, that the episode received a 2.8 slash 8 in the 18 to 49 demo. Uh, we'll talk about demos a bit more later on. Um, edged out by the new family guy that evening. So, yeah. Well, that was that was the latest edition of um, our Simpsons episode feature. That was a particularly woeful one, but... That's bizarre. Yeah. 
just yeah. like in a sad way more so than a yeah you know sometimes it's so ridiculous you're like what are they doing and it's funny but that one's like i don't know how they decided like that'll do let's make this into a thing it kind of feels like i used to read occasionally back in the very early 2000s online sort of simpsons fan fiction yeah and that kind of reminds me of what would have been one of the really bad ones. Um, yeah, that, that wouldn't have stuck up. Well, anyway, m- more on that next week. Um, but yeah. now on to a bit of game guff, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't played anything new this week. I restarted. I, I'm doing the highest difficulty run in Last of Us 2, but I'm not very far in it yet. Um, so I don't have much else on that and, and just for something a bit uh lighter you know to, to to kind of play um i fired back up spider-man um i, I got uh-huh. that D, that dlc ages ago when it came out um and when i finished the game i was just like eh, i'm not really into this like i don't want to play even more of this game i've played to death and also like the dlc is like, not amazing the, the 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 it's kind of more of the missions you were probably a bit bored of when you finished the first game but now that there's been a bit of time between it and, uh, you know, Spider-Man's back in the conversation with that new game coming out later this year, I'm actually enjoying it. I put I put a couple hours into it, so I would probably finish all of the little bonus chapters they did there um, yeah. after release. It's good. That game is really fun, and it still looks great and feels great. And, you know, um, the story isn't anything amazing, but, you know, it's, it's, like, solid. The dialogue's all good. The voice acting's good. So I'm enjoying getting a couple of extra hours uh, out of that game after after um taking a break from it so thumbs up on that but uh, nothing yeah. nothing too nothing nothing else for me this week yeah i i i was underwhelmed with the dlc as fun as the game is to play i think the story is a bit trite um but yeah i i didn't leave much of a gap i think i i went pretty much straight into the dlc mm. so maybe i was a bit burned down on it but then um i want to hear about Joe's achievement, which is something that I've yes. never done, as Bournemouth stick a third goal in past Ooh, Leicester. Jesus Christ! Get in there, because um, uh, I have, I started a, a playthrough years ago mm. of Mario World, trying to do all the exits. Um, but it's something I've never done to completion. So I want to hear about your experience, Joe, as a Super Mario. Uh, God tier expert. Yeah, I'm a I'm a super player. Um, so I started playing. I think last time I was on the show, I talked about I recovered my um, snares mini and uh, started playing a bit of Super Mario World after seeing that Barry had been playing it. Um, so I was doing a, a run through and I, I just completed the game, um, beat beat you know Bowser uh, as you normally do. Um, but then I was watching a lot of um, Super Mario World YouTube videos. Um, just for for some other kind of secret levels, just to get some mm. ideas on, on how to finish, complete them, some of them a bit tricky. And as so I was just watching all the kind of, you know, recommended videos, and I stumbled upon, um, I can't remember what it's called now, the special area. Star know. Road. No. With a tubular no. and... Yes. Level. Okay. Wait, is it called special? What is it called? Yeah, special area. Special area, okay. No, special world. Special world, or special. World. special <laughs> I know the one you mean. It has it has the two the two paths going. Yeah, and so right, yeah. I had never heard of this before. And bearing right. in mind, I got a snes when I was 
uh, probably seven years old, going back a while now, I'd never, ever heard of the special world until last week when I saw a video about it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this just one of those like <laughs> made up things that people put on YouTube to get clicks? Like, oh, look, there's a secret yeah. level in Super Mario. I was like, this is bollocks. And then I watched the video and it had a lot of likes. So I was like, oh, wait, this is a real thing. I'd never, ever heard of it. Um, but so then I, that, so you get to that through Star, Star Road. Um, and it wasn't actually that difficult. It was quite a tricky sort of secret exit in one of the levels to get there. But it wasn't mm-hmm. actually that tricky. Like I you know, did it within kind of probably five or six goes. Um, but yeah, then I got into the special special zone. Was playing all of these, and from there I started watching even more of the videos. And then I found out you couldn't. Like I was kind of wondered like the numbers on the loading screen uh, when you're playing the game. It has like a two digit number based on how yeah. many levels you can play. I never really kind of knew what that meant. I thought it was just a sort of generic you know progress thing. But I found out, of course, that there are 96 different exits from the various levels within Super Mario, um, because some levels have multiple ways that you can exit and get to secret levels and cut throughs and things yeah. like that. So in 96, I was like, fuck it, I need to do, I need to get all of them. And so I kept on playing, kept on playing, got through the game, got through a lot of the special world uh, levels, and eventually started getting up towards like 90 or so. And I was like, okay, I think I can do it now. So I had to go through a list of every single level and figure out which ones I'd missed because there were a, f- you know, a few here or there where there's like mm. a lot of the way you don't need to do a certain exit to progress the game. You kind of skip quite a few levels and things like that. And anyway, yeah. finally got to 94 and the final two levels were the um, the last two in the special zone, um, which are called, they all have kind of weird names. I think the last two, let me check it out. Yeah, it's Outrageous and Funky. Those are the last two levels of the game. Yeah. Outrageous was incredibly hard. Um, it's set in kind of like the forest type level where you've got all the trees obscuring your view and you've kind of got those little wriggly caterpillar things uh, walking around with centipedes. They're fucking bastards. Uh, and it's also chock full of the guns as well. So there's just bullets flying every which way. That level really pissed me off. I probably four yeah, one to Bournemouth, by the way. Go on, sorry. Fucking hell. I had to play it probably 50, 60 times to, to get through it. It was really tough. Eventually managed to do it at um, about 12.30 this morning. Uh, <laughs> I was incredibly pleased. I put it down to it being my birthday. A little bit of birthday magic coming into play there. <laughs> um, I did that and then went straight into the final level, which is called Funky, which uh, wasn't too difficult, about five or six goes on that, and I, and I got through that. Uh, yeah, and then completed the game. And then when you go back to the menu, you get a little star next to the, the number, uh, uh, next to the save save version of the game. Nice. Uh, and then when you go back in, you get a, com- a whole different look to the game. It changes from spring to fall. So you get this kind of orangey autumnal look to everything. And okay. a lot of the enemies kind of change appearance as well, which is really, really fun. Um, so yeah, after you know, thirty years of playing this game, nearly, <laughs> I finally found out about the special zone <laughs> and finally managed to complete the game. Um, but I tell you, some of those levels, I there's one level I think it's the uh, the bridge, cheese bridge level where you have to there's two two kind of gates to go through, and to get yeah. to the second one, you have to jump basically to your death, but then leap off of Yoshi at the last minute to go beyond mm-hmm. the gate and then to get to the next one. 
I, I, oh my God, that one was probably the second hardest. I think I did 50, 60 hours of that as well before, before I got it. Um, but yeah, that was it. Super Mario World. I'll tell you what, this is a great bloody game, lads. Yeah, very uh, much. Not, not just nostalgia, because I, I played some of the other SNES games, and to be honest, they're all just sort of old shit games, you know, that don't really hold up today. But this one, I don't, there's just something about it. It's like it doesn't age. I feel like it's just like a classic album. You can like play it, and it's just still a great game, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Super Mario World. Great, a great journey. So is there anything next on the horizon for you then? Like you've said you're not you're not that impressed by some of the other games, but there are a few good Super Nintendo games out there that do hold up. Yeah, I think next step is to quit my job and become a Super Mario speedrunner. <laughs> Full time. See if I can make a living on Twitch. Uh, that's my, right. that's my goal. Uh, now I would like to play um, Super Mario 3, as you recommended. You can yeah. Yeah. I tried putting it on the the snares, but it wouldn't work the first time I tried it, so I might have another go. Not sure what okay. but something something happened there. Yeah, I would like to replay that as well. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um well speaking of playing old games, I completed Paper Mario uh for the Nintendo sixty four uh just yesterday actually. I Completed it as I was waiting for the UFC to begin. It's the first one, is it? Um, is the first one came out in two thousand and one, um, and yeah, I, I obviously I've beaten it before, but I really, really enjoy it. It's um, it's a nice, simple start because I think there's six. The the new one's going to be the sixth one in the series, and it's, it's it's quite a nice, simple start to the series. Um, Thousand Year Door, which is the GameCube one, is the best one. But that couldn't exist without the foundation that the first one sets. It's like a nice, straightforward, simple, turn-based RPG, which takes place in the Mario universe. It's got very good, funny writing to it. And uh, even though I looked up on um, howlongtobeat.com, how long roughly it takes, and it was uh, 20 hours for a, a playthrough, according to that. But I beat it in about 15 um so i think it's shorter than that website was letting on um i wasn't playing through it in any like super speedy way or anything um so i i enjoyed it so much that i think i'm gonna actually go back uh even though the new one is out in five days and i have it pre-ordered i think i'm gonna pause that and go through the old ones Mm -hmm. like i did with all the zelda games go through all the paper marios and then play the new one when i'm finally caught up because they're all about 15, 20 hours long, I think. Um, but in the meanwhile, I started a new little game called The Last of Us Part 2. Ooh. Oh, they did Part 2, huh? Hmm. The second part, um, hmm. The Smell of Fear. Because um, my brother bought a physical copy of it, so I essentially got it for free. You know, I'd been saying that I wasn't super in a rush to play it but you know free is free so i started playing it i'm about two hours into it about an hour 45 into it okay uh very much enjoying it so far i must say Mm. um i just got up to the part where you discover the weed growing weed farm in the basement yes yeah. So I'm still, you know, I'm still early into the game, but um 
you are very early in the game. I'm yeah, I'm early into the game. Probably like I said, an hour and forty five into what's mm. probably like a twenty five hour game, yes. give or take. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I I enjoyed it all, even though the the start of it was very cutscene heavy and not very mm. gameplay intensive. Um, watch a twenty minute cutscene and then follow a person on a horse. <laughs> yeah. There's not there wasn't a lot to it. But then once it got going, I I kind of. I was enjoying it more. And the, the best sign of a game like that is when I when I stopped playing and put it down, um, I was then thinking about playing it. So I'm uh yeah. I, I, I'm enjoy- I must say I'm enjoying it so far. It looks fantastic uh as well. Uh, I'm liking all the characters so far, the new characters that are introduced, and I'm I'm into everything that it's doing. Um I still think the the actual like combat is not the funnest. Mm. Um, for instance, uh, early on there was there was a little section where you had to take out some uh, runners. They're called. They're like not not the complete flower headed people, but like yeah. people in in transition, let's say. And you don't yet have your um, knife, and so you're encouraged to. Um, you know, sneak up behind them, hit triangle, and then hit square to do like a melee kill. But the, the animation for doing the kill is like five seconds long. So it just felt like, okay, I have to kill all these people. But every time I get someone, the game just kind of slows down Yeah. while you sit and watch the animation. So I wasn't huge on that. And it, it's a very, very small nitpick, but um, that was one thing I noticed. And yeah, I don't know if it's just me, but I've I've never really got on with the shooting in any Naughty Dog games. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I must say, as down as I was on it since I started playing it, I, I'm really really enjoying it. Yeah, I, I I think the gameplay front, I think it does get a lot more satisfying. That that the 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 prologue stages where you are, it's very much kind of like you know, yeah, they're not giving you much to chew on. Yeah, it's it's it almost feels like I'm still in the tutorial section, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you I think you kind you kind of are. Um, the one thing one thing you'll really see when you get into the game proper is the open endedness. I mean, they they it's because it, in that in that early stage, it's a lot of kind of you like you go into a house and there's like two infected. It's like well, you take them down and then then and then it's your next heavily scripted thing. Then after that, um, yeah. so uh, yeah, I think you'll yeah. I'm I'm very I'm very very curious to see how you. Um, uh, what you make of it as shit starts to hit the fan, and there's there is a lot in this game in terms of content and what it's going for. It's a big old game, and it's doing a lot of things, uh, and has inspired a, a lot of conversation. Obviously, um, I've been reading a lot and watching a lot, and and just the 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 interpretations of everything that's going on in it are really kind of all over the place, which has been actually really fascinating to see. So um, yeah. Yeah, so far, I, least, I, I'm impressed. Least, I'm impressed. At the very least, you are aware because I think if that it's it's kind of a shock to people who aren't aware the length of it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But at the very least, you kind of know. Look, this is not going to be over in ten hours. But um, but yeah. So we'll, I suppose we'll have a, a weekly check in on that. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, the two hours that I played went felt like they went by pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a sneeze coming again. Oh, excuse me. 
excuse me, my goodness. Um, that is the video games there um, for this week. Uh, we will soldier on here into the movies. I rewatched some movies I'd seen before that I very much enjoyed. Uh, the classic Wally that we have obviously discussed many times on this podcast. Uh, still mm-hmm. lovely, you know, uh, uh, really, really great. Holds up. It's, I mean, I think it's gotten maybe even a little better with age. I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of the things it's doing hit a bit more now um, than they did, which is good because we have not learned anything in the ten years since that came out. Um, um, yeah, so that's still great. I rewatched Lady Bird, which is on Netflix. Uh, I, I I didn't love it as much as when I first saw it, but I still think it's it's very great. It's it's very sweet, it's very funny, um, and I, I I appreciated it. And the only new movie I watched this week was Room Two Thirty Seven, uh, which is the uh, film kind of dissecting the fandom of The Shining and and what Ooh. certain uh, like. Uh, critics and super fans make of it the theories they have of it the the dissections of what it all means and a little bit of insight into the behind the scenes stuff um it's okay it's it's not it's not it it's not that much different than the type of thing i feel like you could see for literally every film uh, on YouTube these days, there's there's an, an essayist who would do a version of this, um, and and now the fact that it is an inherently fascinating film makes it interesting. But the way it's presented isn't especially great. Um, it's literally just footage from The Shining, and and behind the scenes footage of The Shining, uh, and some other films that are used as reference points splashed in there, uh, and the voices that you're hearing giving their uh, their theories of what's going on they are just disembodied voices you you see their names once you never see them there's no footage of them being interviewed it, i was going into this thinking it was going to be half what it is and the other half would be a kind of uh, less cringy trekkies if mm-hmm. that makes sense i thought it would be a bit more about the people who who dissect this film and write books and essays about this film it's really not it's literally just footage from the film illustrating what they're talking about and they are doing voiceovers and that is it that is all the movie is uh and like i said in in this era where you see content like that so much even though the shining is obviously a very rich subject matter i was i was a, a bit bored through most of it, especially because a lot of the theories they're not fascinating like they go into obviously the the native american stuff but i feel like that's that's not even really subtext in the movie. I feel like that's just text in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like pointing out the themes of, of um, uh, Native American genocide and stuff like that. I was like, that's in the movie. I don't need, I don't need this thing to tell me about it. Um, there is some, just some interesting stuff in there. I think it is worth your while if you really love The Shining and this, and you know, uh, and it is, it's such a dense, rich movie where so much can be disseminated out of it that if you, if you appreciate it, I think you'll like this film. But, uh, but yeah. Not not a must see or anything. It's a shame. I'd love to see a good a good documentary about Kubrick. I don't know if there are any out there. We've got recommendations, oh. but yeah. Yeah, there must be. I would imagine, but yeah, I, I don't know one off the top of my head. Yeah. If, if Netflix do one, then I can. It'll be easy for me to find. So that would be. Right. Uh, you know, he would have to be like violently murdered by 
someone for next to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it for me. What about you, lads? Uh, I just got one movie. Um, I watched yesterday uh, Greed, which is the new Michael Winterbottom, Steve Coogan movie. Um, it's about a fashion kind of retail mogul called McCready, who's based on the real life uh, Philip Green, formerly Sir Philip Green, who owns Top Man and Top Shop in the UK and a bunch of other big kind of retail outlets. Um, he's basically a very kind of unpleasant billionaire who's built his fortune on partly exploiting um, those in the developing world and also with complex kind of financial wheelings and dealings that essentially um, leave his companies filled with debt while personally enriching himself, um, mm. much like you know a lot of these people that own these big retail chains seem to, seem to get up to. Mm. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting. Coogan's quite funny. It it kind of it's a bit of a mess though. It has a lot going on. So the the main kind of frame is about him arranging his sixtieth birthday party, and he's trying to um, save face and, and put on a bit of a PR show after a lot of kind of bad publicity. Uh, so trying to get all these celebs to come, but at the same time, it's flashing back to his kind of life and how he got to where he was. Um, but there's also this stuff about they're in Greece where the party's happening and there's these Syrian refugees who are on camped out on a beach. And that's a whole other kind of plot line as well, which doesn't really have anything to do with the fashion or the characters, but is an extra bit of kind of political commentary. So, yeah, it was I'd probably give it like a six out of ten because it I was, I was quite entertained at, at parts. But then there was just all this stuff going on that just wasn't executed kind of very well or with a lot seemingly with much kind of skill or grace. So I think it could have benefited from being um, simplified down quite a bit. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to recommend it unless you're a big Coogan slash Winterbottom fan. Um, but if you like Coogan, I'd just watch Philomena again. That's, that's great. And you can hear him getting befuddled at Judy Dench's kind of <laughs> Irish Irish mammy um, performance. Anyway, that's greed. Six out of ten. Uh, ready, uh, Paul. Uh, I watched one film as well, and I have a little a little feature to do afterwards. Um, one film I watched a film called Murder Mystery, which is a weirdly on the nose name for a murder mystery film. Um, starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> And Jennifer Aniston, among others, um, also in the cast are David Walliams, oh. Luke Evans, Jesus Christ, uh, Terence Stamp for some reason, um, uh, and so the movie is about Adam Sandler, who is a who is a police sergeant in the United States in New York, and his wife. Jennifer Aniston, who's a hairdresser. Um, she has always wanted, since they got married, to go to Europe. And he's never... He promised he would take her, and he never took her. Meanwhile, he's been lying to her that he's actually a detective because he has a uh, insecurity complex about his, uh, his position. He keeps failing the detective exam, whatever that means. Um, 
but he gets confronted at it and so he agrees to take her to Europe while on the plane on the way to Europe they bump into Luke Evans who plays a rich Englishman um, you can tell this because he speaks in an even more British accent than he actually has where he says history oh dear boy uh, um, and so he invites them to this uh, get together on a private yacht which actually turns out to be the scene from Knives Out where a rich man lets his family know that he's cutting them out f- f- from his will which is the uh, direct directly plays into him being murdered and a murder mystery starting yes it's literally the same as Knives Out um <laughs> And from then, a pretty bog-standard murder mystery plays out. Um, like, there's not much I can say about that aside from it. You know, it, it doesn't have many like clever twists. It's just more shockingly about this movie is that it's an Adam Sandler, Happy Madison production, right? Yeah. So there's two things I expected from it. Number one bad comedy you know you know the kind farts um, farts people of people falling on their nuts on tree branches <laughs> it does um, man in a dress yeah uh none of that none of that in the movie it's weirdly bland um like it's 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 unfunny but in in a way that it's like passively unfunny rather than actively mm. unfunny. You're just watching it as they reel off the blandest dialogue with no jokes or there's no physical comedy. There's like a few characters, mostly ethnic characters, I will note, who are like wacky and annoying. But um, there's a character called the Maharaja, not Jinder Mahal. <laughs> And he gets brought in and there's like hushed tones. Oh, it's the Maharaja. Would you like to go meet the Maharaja? Uh, and surprise, surprise, he like talks like Ali G. All right. Um, also, the other thing I expected was, uh, you know, the Rob, Schne- Rob Schneiders and Nick Swansons of the world to come crawling out of the, uh, the woodwork. You know, the, his, his cronies. Uh, none of them in it. Uh, mm. Only his wife. His wife is in it, uh, but none of the usual um, Adam Sandler uh, teat suckers. <laughs> they don't appear. Um, yeah. So it was it, like I was kind of in the mood because I, I watched this um, late Friday night. Natty gone to sleep, so I was just watching Netflix on my tablet, and I yeah, I was I was a little bit tired, but not tired enough to fall asleep. I said, right, I'll just stick on some like some shite that will like, you know, entertain me somewhat that I can tap out on if I'm, uh, if I'm falling asleep. And uh, no, it was just extremely bland. Um, So I would say avoid because it doesn't really um, tick the boxes on any of the things it's trying to do. It's not really a good comedy. It's not really a good um, murder mystery. Uh, Jennifer Aniston to give some credit is like likable. Adam Sandler does that thing where he's barely trying. Um, like almost to the point that it seems like he he's, he doesn't like making the movie that he himself is making. Um, the product placement is 
horrible and weird. Um, and they go to Europe, as I mentioned, but they go to the Europe that uh, Americans think that Europe is. So keep in mind, like I said, let's let's pick let's uh, conceive of salaries here, right? Adam Sandler is not even a detective; he's just a sergeant, and his wife is a hairdresser. They're going to like Monaco in in a plane that has a bar in it. Oh, Jesus. Sandler. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not going on a package holiday to the south of France, but not even the good part of south of France. They're going to like Monte Carlo. I I saw saw a review of um, New David Spade movie on um, the media. That was the other, the wrong Missy? The wrong Missy, yeah. That was the other movie I was considering watching, but I ended up not picking it. That looks like it might be even worse. So David yeah. played in a in a in a comedy lead in the year twenty twenty. Christ. And that's with um Lauren what's her name? Lauren Lapkus. Lauren Lapkus, yeah. Oh, wait, they Roman did a... Reigns is in that as well. Didn't know that. What? Roman oh Reigns man, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna watch that. I'll have a review of it for next week. Wow. Um because I did a half in the bag about Wrong Missy. That's why I was thinking to watch it. Yeah. But Murder Mystery uh, was only like an hour and a half. So I said, I'll do that. Um, so, as I said, Jennifer Aniston is actually all right in it. Um, it's, it's funny, though, because they don't come out and say it. But it's implied that among all of these wealthy, beautiful people, like Gemma Arterton is in the movie as well. Um, they, they, they kind of, they kind of hint at the fact that Sandler and Aniston are like these schlubby tourists, mm. but like Jennifer Aniston is like super beautiful in it. So I don't know really what the point. And she's like wearing all this jewelry and shit. I'm like, she's just supposed to be a schlubby hairdresser. Like it's a bit, even though she's good in it, it's like she's a little bit miscast in it. Yeah, but. Um, watching this movie that I, that was bad, but that had a, like a good performance in it, inspired me to make a little list here of movies that I didn't like, but that have good things to them. Whether it's a good scene or a good performance or or something like that. Okay. Because I'm I'm a very positive person now. Uh, I don't have any negativity in my life anymore. If you look at my Twitter, you'll see that I don't tweet. Uh, piss at Man United anymore when they don't win. <laughs> well, that's because um, they keep winning, to be fair. Yeah, but even if they didn't, I'd tweet, you know, look, you's tried. and uh, Love you's anyway, at Man United or whatever. Um, but I made a list of 10 movies that I didn't like. Let's not say they're bad. I think on one of them I've gone up to like a 6 out of 10, but they're like not great movies, but that have something in them worth watching or that elevates them a little bit more right so i'll start with uh caddyshack i don't know if either of you have seen caddyshack uh yeah rodney dangerfield that's correct joe rodney dangerfield is what i've highlighted as being good in caddyshack (laughs) Um, hey my wife look at his ugly ass (laughs) my mother-in-law i think i mentioned before when i when I watched Caddyshack, um, 
if you have any interest in watching Caddyshack at all, if you haven't seen it and you're interested to to watch it, don't actually watch it. Just look up on YouTube Caddyshack Rodney Dangerfield and watch yeah. if you can get a compilation of it. There's nothing else in the movie worth watching. He's great. In it. Um, God, I miss Rodney Dangerfield. I wish he was still around, and I wish he was in more stuff. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> hey, I don't get no respect. <laughs> that also doubled um, my uh, Bernie Sanders impression. <laughs> hey, Bernie Sanders, socialism now. <laughs> I don't get no votes. Oh, yeah. Medicare. Uh, I then have the Cloverfield Paradox, which was the um. The third Cloverfield movie after the uh, the the monster one and the Ten Cloverfield Lane with John mm. Goodman, which is gr- which is a great movie. Um, Cloverfield Paradox I thought was pretty rubbish, but there's a scene in it which I thought had some really good inventive like body horror, um, where they're like shifting through. I don't remember if they're shifting through dimensions or through. I think it's like parallel dimensions or something. And like someone gets trapped in like the the wiring of the ship. Mm. And that was the one bit of the movie where I was like, that was like a really great effect and a really great little scene in what was otherwise a heap of shit of a film. Um, speaking of, although the film's not too bad, um, if I, I think Barry might have seen this movie and he'll know immediately what I'm going to say uh the equalizer 2 i thought when you started this list i knew this would this would come up because we talked about it yeah i i always talk about it because it's a, a scene that deserves so much better than the movie it's in um equalizer 2 which isn't too bad but is a run-of-the-mill kind of revenge yeah, yeah, yeah. which has this excellent scene with denzel and uh i don't know what the actor's name is but he plays miles who's like the artist young artist in the film young artist going this... down the wrong path Going down the wrong road. And Denzel pulls, like, he meets him in the, whatever the house is, where um, the gang activity is going down. And he kind of pulls him aside and has this really great kind of heart-to-heart with him. And it's just top Denzel stuff. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great, if, if, no, if someone did not know who Denzel Washington was or why he's great, you, you could show them this scene. <laughs> from the equalizer to equalizer two. it's great though because it's so it's so acting you know what i mean it's so like <laughs> like so he pulled this kid's in like he's he's just hanging out with his no good nick pals and him and denzel have been chatting about his art and all this other stuff and denzel pulls him out and denzel's got the two guns he's pointing at all the gangs he's like don't you move i'm taking this guy and 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 the guy's like oh why are you taking me ah i'm not i'm not i'm no good i'm good for nothing i want to be here and then Denzel gives him this rousing speech about how he can be better than that. Um, oh, there's this moment where he's like, no, you, you, you give me the gun and we'll relax. And then Denzel turns the gun on him and he says, you don't know who I am. <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm going to watch Equalizer 2 again. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you've not seen Equalizer 2, it's, it's, it's fine. There's this one scene in the middle of it that will blow your balls off. It's so good. Um... This will surprise people because it's a movie that I absolutely, absolutely detested. Uh, Gone Girl. I thought the first like thirty minutes of Gone Girl were really tense and really well, like really well directed. Um, 
it's, it's everything past the kind of revelation, which for me comes way too early, that ruins the movie. But the first 30 minutes of Golden Girl were really good. And I'm, I'm okay to admit that, finally. Um, right up until... Uh, I won't say what the revelation is if people haven't seen it. Because there are some people out there who like Gone Girl. I hated Gone Girl. Yeah. But I was enjoying it until the movie went in a direction that I didn't want it to go in, basically. Um, uh, Magic Mike, the first one, which was this like grimy thriller which was really great uh i'm gonna talk however about magic mike xxl the useless sequel um which doesn't have any of the same qualities as the first one uh however has a great supermarket scene where um joe whatever his surname is uh goes in and convinces the frumpy uh shop assistant (laughs) by doing this like sexy dance Ooh. it was like the one bit of the movie that was actually like funny and good for the rest of the movie i thought was really really rubbish another movie that fits that category is the other guys with will ferrell and who's with who's is it mark Wahlberg? Yeah. i don't even remember who's in the movie with him i think it's mark Wahlberg. don't worry about will ferrell and don't worry about mark Wahlberg. just watch the bit at the beginning which has the rock and sam jackson in it because they are so funny. Um, yeah. Basically, Will Ferrell and, and um, Mark Wahlberg are like the, the shitty cops. The, the nerdy yeah. slash shitty cops. And The Rock and Sam Jackson are, are like these fast and furious super cops. Yeah. And, but like dumb. And uh, the, one, the kind of one scene that they're involved in had me rolling in the aisles with laughter. It was so funny. Uh, then turn the movie off once they disappear from it, because they are the only thing in the movie worth watching. Uh, we have Paranormal Activity, ah. a movie I didn't like at all, but that I think used e- empty space in a shot better than any other movie I've probably ever seen. Um, never has a movie got so much tension out of an open door and the imagination of the audience. Um like, what was the movie that I watched recently? Invisible Man. Yes. I don't know if you guys have seen Invisible Man. Invisible Man does something very similar where it will let a, a, a shot just sit for like 15 seconds and nothing is moving. And so you're watching it and you're watching, looking into the dark corners for something to move, something to happen. Paranormal Activity, although I didn't like Paranormal Activity at all, I didn't like the performances in it, I thought it was boring. The few scenes where it just lets it sit and uses the empty space of the shot to, uh, you know, get your imagination ticking over. I thought it was done really, really well. Uh, an obvious one, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, again, a, a really poor sequel to uh, yeah. a really good movie. Yeah. The Disney princess scene. Um, yes. Yeah. Far and away the best part of the movie. Um, again, watch it on YouTube. Don't watch the rest of the movie. It's, no, it's really bother. poor. Uh, Us, the Jordan Peele movie that I was incredibly... I was originally just going to put, just watch the trailer again, but I acknowledge that the trailer isn't actually part of the movie. Um, And this was actually a conversation I had uh, recently was bad movies with great trailers and Us came up as kind of the quintessential example. Um, But Lupita Nyong'o is great in Us. 
She is really fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and I think was snubbed for, you know, the majority of the awards. I don't think she got any nominations, if any. I, no. But I she, I thought so. she was no. excellent in it. Excellent, excellent, excellent in it. Even if I left the movie a little bit disappointed by the creative aspects of it, I thought her performance was really, really top. And then final entry on the list. A stinker of a movie, but with an excellent scene. Again, just watch it on YouTube. That's right. X-Men Apocalypse, the Quicksilver scene. Yeah. E- Although, to be fair, you could just watch... Uh, what's the quick... The, 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 the first Quicksilver scene is a good movie. Is it Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past. But I think the Quicksilver scene in Apocalypse is the better of the two Quicksilver scenes. Uh, yeah, that, that's fair. They're, they are both good. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, no, Days of Future Past is a good movie with a good scene. <laughs> so that's why it doesn't make the list. But Apocalypse Apocalypse was was fairly rubbish, I think we can all agree. No, yeah. But yeah, that, quick, yeah. that Quicksilver scene at the um, Xavier Mansion, fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Um, set to um, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Mm. Sweet brilliant. Perfect. So there you go. There's some bad movies that have good things and mm. need to get the credit for the good things they do. You know what was uh, funny as well as you were making that um, list? I, um, I've i been watching you know, and reading lots of uh, Last of Us takes and, and one review that I, I thoroughly... I'll probably I'll give you all these recommendations once you're finished. There was a, a great video from a channel called Girlfriend Reviews about the plot mm-hmm. of the game and they were very positive on it and they broke down all the bits of it that worked. It was only 10 minutes long but it was really succinct. And they, in a positive sense, compared it to Gone Girl. Ooh. Yeah. So maybe you'll end up not liking it but I, 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 I'll be interested to see. I also did not like Gone Girl for what it's worth. I thought it was very bad. Um, but yeah, you just reminded me of that. So um, yeah. that is, that was, yeah, that was a fun list. I enjoyed your list. Um, Thank you. Uh, There's there a couple of other examples I was thinking of. I like it, but not a lot of people like it. But the second Strangers movie um, has a one g- legitimately excellent scene, the pool scene. It's definitely on YouTube clipped. Um, right. It's a fantastic scene. I like that movie, but it's pretty badly reviewed. Uh, so that, that example came to mind. I'll give you. I'll give you another one that just came into my head people m- might not agree uh, necessarily with me but i think that the uh uh pterodactyl cage scene in jurassic park 3 is like okay. as good as anything in the first one. Oh wow i don't think i saw jurassic park 3 it's uh i i kind of like it it's it's like silly um i prefer it to the lost world which i think is really boring um yeah i all the all, all the Jurassic Park movies i think are now on uh, between amazon and netflix i think they are all available to watch we talked about Jurassic Park on the last podcast didn't we yeah yeah we so, so part 1 uh, yeah excuse me um but i have i believe i've only seen one and part of two i should probably watch the rest of those just for for completion's sake but i also haven't finished my my fast and furious watch through yet though so ooh how many have you watched uh, I think the last one I watched, I discussed on here, I believe, uh, w- was just Fast and Furious. Okay. 
which well, I was quite boring, but you know. Um... Five, five, six, and seven are the best ones. So you've yeah. stopped right before they <laughs> right before they get good. Well, don't worry. I've got I've got the big old box set, so I will get to them. Yeah, and then eight is fairly rubbish. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll watch it anyway. And then nine is delayed till next year. Yeah, and Hobson Shaw. Uh, oh, that movie is shit, baby. Ooh. <laughs> Correct. But Roman um, Reigns is in it, like the wrong Missy. Yeah, so fair play. Anyway, uh, with that, we can probably just jump straight into the wrestling up. I did. I, I blew the dust off the old wrestling part of the brain, and I watched Fighter Fest this week. Um, uh, or, well, I watched most of it. I skipped the fucking Dark Order match and stuff like that, but I, I, I watched the big stuff. Uh, what do you make of it? Uh, well, we have two parts of it to talk about. Oh, I only watched this, but I'll I'll let you go on. I thought overall it was fairly disappointing. Um, Really? Yeah, I liked the Young Bucks FTR versus uh, Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade match. I thought it was pretty good. Um, what else was there on it? Let me let me just get, grab a little uh, rundown gimmick here. Uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega private party was was good was good. Uh, Lance Archer Joey Janela was a kind of a nothingy beat up uh, squash match. Um, I liked the Darby Allen video with uh, Travis Pastrana. That was pretty good. Where he did the coffin drop off like a crane. Yeah. Um, Taz brought back the FTW title and gave it to Brian Cage. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to feel about that yet. I like. I thought the Taz's promos have been great, but I I feel like and the title is cool. Like I thought it was a cool thing, but the other part of me is just like I think they're leaning too much into the Brian Cage Taz stuff. Um, like he's using his catchphrases and, you know, I have no problem with Taz cutting his promos, but the belt is just like, it feels like it's slightly over the line. Mm. Um, as I said, I like the Butcher Blade, Pentagon, Phoenix, Young Bucks, FTR match. Oh yeah, of course. It's great. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Nyla Rose promo where she's just really opaquely said i'm getting a manager as well yeah people are speculating that's vicky guerrero that that's i think that'd be a terrible pick uh we'll see what else uh the dark order match i couldn't tell you a single thing about it even though i watched it i i know from listening to the post review that they're doing a thing where uh Brody does the work, and then he gifts Cole to the pin. Basically, is the is the gift. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't uh, hate the Cabana story. The match itself just kind of washed over me, though. Yeah. Uh, and then Jericho Orange Cassidy, I thought was kind of flat. Really, I I, I thought yeah. it was good. Now, I I I didn't love it as much as some people did, but I, same with that eight man tag. I saw people going crazy. I. I I think it's 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 possibly fatigue for the open, empty arena stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how this match would have played out in front of a crowd, but I just probably amazing. <laughs> yeah, for, <laughs> for me, it just never hit the heights of 
your your like main event. You know, it was okay. Um, yeah, and I, I you know, um, I wonder what they do with Cassidy from here. They've le- they've leaned into him a lot the last few weeks. You know. Yeah. Um... I don't know that they have really anything for him right away. Like, they've had Jericho beat him in their seemingly feud-ending match, so we'll see where they go from here. Uh, I think that um, Fight for the Fallen looks better as a card yes. than yeah. uh, Firefest did. It's kind of, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny how... Um... Like they, I, they, I think they're just doing that show with that gimmick because Moxley couldn't be at this one. But they, it, it, yeah. as a result, they put together a, a, a really great looking card. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah, fully back in the, yeah. in the in the in the watch every second of wrestling that comes out mode. I'm still not really bothering with New Japan, but this is a pretty easy stick it on and watch thing. And I, they've got me back in for for next week at the very least. Yeah, so you have the elite. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Mm-hmm. I dare say that'll be very fun. Yeah. Uh, FTR versus Lucha Brothers. I dare say that'll be very good. Uh, Cody versus Sonny Kiss. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> but could possibly could be good. Yeah. I, I, I like Cody and I like Sonny Kiss. So, you know, could go The anywhere. weird thing about that, though, is like I feel like Cody probably shouldn't have to use all the the bells and whistles to beat Sonny Kiss, but can he have a good yeah. match without all that stuff? Is the you know, yeah. We'll see. Um, I I don't know that I'm huge on the you know the TNT title being like open challenge rather than based on some kind of meritocracy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Moxie Cage at the main event, of course. Which I dare say will be very good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to next week's show. Uh, yeah, and I don't think there was too much wrestling news this week, other than nobody's watching any of these shows. Bebe, ooh, still watching oh. the news or going out in whatever limited capacity. Well, again. don't tell Chris Jericho that. I'll, I'll tell him whenever I f and want. He has me blocked. The loser. No. Oh really? <laughs> From when I slagged off, but I'm Chris Jericho ten years ago at this stage. But you made, oh you made, god, you made the bubbly famous. Well, he he never he never saw it. Oh no! So other That's people's riffing on my it, work. It really is pathetic. It's like two bald men fighting over a comb. We're like, oh, we got seven hundred thousand viewers. We got seven hundred and one grandparents watching. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a fucking Twitch average Twitch streamers. You know, <laughs> Friday night, and they're just like bragging about their ratings draws. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it comes off yeah, so Tony Khan as well. It comes off so gotten to like just like I, I believe them when they say they're happy with what they're getting. But then if you're, yeah. but then don't don't feel the need to go on the defensive publicly. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I yeah I don't think there is too much um um uh, news. What do you make? Story. What do you make of? The eye for an eye match that they're doing at Extreme Rules. Uh, well, just what can you say at this point? It's just, uh, uh, you know, the, how how have they done 
so many of these cinematic things since WrestleMania. I did not expect they'd be fucking doing one a month. Um, or there's two. There's going to be two on the next show. Um, so I can't believe that they've already beaten this into the ground between Mania and SummerSlam. They're so fucking weird, though. Yeah. It's like, okay, anything you can do with... Uh, the quote-unquote cinematic wrestling. Right, let's let's do a match where one of the lads literally has to pull the eye off the other lad, and we'll do it. We'll do it with CGI. I just don't get how it's it's a a good idea. B, how you do it in the long term? Are we just going to get Rey Mysterio with a mask, the old Sin Cara gimmick mask with the eyes covered, and he's like, "Oh my God, look, he's blind, and he can do Hurricane Runners." Or does he just come back? I'd like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be. It's so weird, though. And they're such a weird company. They've like completely reverted back to wrestling of the early 90s, where mm. like I saw a picture of um, the Drew McIntyre Ziggler, just the, the match graphic. And Drew has like the big goofy smile. I'm like, that was never the point of Drew that he was a big goofy smiling. Yeah. white baby face but they always revert back to that like Bob Backlund type now um, all their baby face champions are all exactly the same character even though they're different people mm. um, and now they're doing the uh, electric chair cage match it, basically they're not, not literally but they're, they're, they're doing that thing with the eye for an eye match they're going back to goofy horror gimmicks from again the early 90s it's so weird that they, the way they do their creative is so strange to me. I don't understand the logic of it. It's baffling. It's properly baffling. It is, yeah. I and like I keep forgetting that Braun is the WWE champion as well. Well, he's just the same character as Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he's, they're, he's they're, exactly they're the same yeah. person. Um, yeah. Well, WWE sucks, everyone. Uh, it does, but it, it it's not only that it sucks. Like that to me, that's even reductive and and almost giving them too much credit to just say it sucks. It's 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 like actively bad. It's like what I what I thought murder mystery was going to be. It's it is it is starting to occupy a weird space where it's so divorced from normal wrestling, but not good at this other stuff it's doing. Um. Um, and and every now and then you kind of look at their roster and you're like, how are you not putting on the best possible television show of this era? Do you know what I mean? Like they have everyone worth having signed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's weird because I think it's kind of tried to say, you know, it's the worst now it's ever been because you say that every year. Like, but I I think it's definitely like the. The uncoolest it's ever been. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh fucking yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I, I again to compare um, the stadium stampede with the money in the bank in terms of in terms of getting comedy and being relevant to modern trends. It's just so bizarre. It's I really I can't wrap my head around it. It, it makes my brain melt. Like that Vince McMahon cameo was the easiest thing to do. How was? Oh, well, what what will we do? Will we like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan will break into the office and Vince will be there, 
what would be funny? Like, what would a comedy writer do? Like, we'd have him just be in his underwear, okay, something silly, um, and have, <laughs> like, who's who would be a random character, not necessarily to the point of, like, brother love, but someone that people would know, remember and, and like, go. Vince is in his underwear and Chris Masters is there giving him a, a back massage or something. That would be comedy. That would be funny. What do we do instead? Well, Vince is standing there and he says, get out, and they leave, and then he washes his hands. Ah, oh, yeah, let's do that. You know, it's they're so strange. <laughs> they're so weird. I don't know. Anyway, with uh, it's, it's good. It's good to at least have one WWE rant per episode, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but you know what? I'll probably watch because apparently they're going to do it like a CGI eye ripping. So this company trying to do CGI is going to be amazing. So I might check How this out. The- how do you do a CGI eye-ripping, CGI-ripping, um, on a PG television show? Well, it's on the pay-per-view, you know. They can be a bit risque, you know. But the pay-per-views are rated PG as well. Yeah, but who cares? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> so uh... I won't ever... Forgive your mother should give you a fucking beating. <laughs> Sorry, they can do whatever they want. Um, yeah, so we will uh, we'll wrap it up there anyway. We'll be back next week with, uh, you know, more of the usual fun and games. We'll have a fight for the fallen chat. Um, any other news in my break and just uh, Last of Us 2 check in. I'm looking forward to, I, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing Paul's thoughts on it because I, I genuinely don't know what you're going to make of it i honestly don't as a game and as a story um <laughs> even among the people who loved it i feel like there's been no two reactions the same um, my thumbs are up right now mm. well ho ho paul ho, we ho, shall ho, see ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. anyway um and also for comparison's sake in terms of all the media i'm consuming right now it's up against murder mystery the wrong Missy, which I'll watch this week, and RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and the soup so, from, from a decade and, and a half ago. And the soup from 10 years ago, yeah. So, yeah, not tough competition. So, yeah, we'll have more of that next week. And, uh, you know, the usual fun and games. So, yeah, until then, it's going to be goodbye from me. It's going to be a goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's going to be goodbye from the birthday boy. Goodbye, Mr. Joe Mr. Tower, Paul. Even. Mr. Paul, Joey, Joey, Jojo. Paul, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. (laughs)